from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode, one from me and one from Tracy V. Wilson. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's August 30th. England's greatest gardener, Lancelot Capability Brown, was baptized on this day in 1716, although we don't know exactly his date of birth. If you have ever watched Downton Abbey, or even just seen a picture of the Abbey in Downton Abbey, that's Highclere Castle. Its gardens were designed by Lancelot Brown. That nickname of Capability is said to be because he liked to tell his clients that their landscapes had great capability for improvement. He was colossally influential in the 18th century in England and Wales, designing gardens and grounds of the mansions and the country estates, basically creating the look of England. His style was a huge break away from the idea of formal gardens, which obviously looked like somebody planned them out and planted specific things in specific places and said he was carefully crafting landscapes that looked deceptively natural. They looked like they just grew that way. He had trees and curving ponds and streams and expansive lawns that all just looked like they were supposed to be there. This earned him some criticism for designing estates that looked like that was just how they happened instead of looking like somebody put effort into it. 
His whole philosophy was all about being both comfortable and elegant. And it was also very practical. These landscapes around these estates were not just gardens to walk through and be observed. They had different uses. They were home to different types of animals, different livestock that was being raised on the property. Brown's gardens were supposed to serve the needs of the estate, not just exist for the sake of looking at them. A hallmark of Capability Brown's designs was the ha-ha. Instead of a raised fence that very obviously and visibly cut one part of the state off from another, he'd sink the land on one side of a wall, creating a barrier that couldn't be seen at all from the house while still keeping the sheep pastured with the sheep instead of wandering around eating whatever they wanted in other parts of the estate. Jane Austen fans may remember that ha-has make several appearances in the book Mansfield Park. Obviously, a sunken wall that is made on purpose to not be visible uh, isn't necessarily safe to walk around near, and the term ha-ha supposedly comes from a person's surprise at accidentally tripping over one. Capability Brown's work was very expensive because the estates that he was designing had enormous grounds. He wasn't just making a little garden path around to the side of the house. He was designing the entire property. They took years to complete, and hundreds of laborers worked on them. Over his career, he designed about 250 estates all over England, but he didn't really grow wealthy from all of that work. He had asthma, which affected his health, and he traveled a lot doing his work. He just was always on the road from one client to another, and travel at the time was exhausting and difficult. All of this had an effect on his overall health. He also didn't always charge people for the work that he did. He might submit an invoice but never really push to collect on it, or he might go into the project without a very clear set of expectations or a budget about how much he was going to be spending on it. He died suddenly on February 6th of 1783 at the age of 66, having worked all the way up until the end. In a lot of ways, he set standards for the look of English manor houses and estates that continue to influence British aesthetics today, and you can still visit a lot of estates that Brown designed and walk through gardens that are still pretty much as he left them, although, of course, all of the trees that he planted are bigger now than they were where they still survive. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's episode and to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this podcast. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for a much gorier tale, although it's still set in England. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. The day was August 30th, 1892. The steamship Moravia arrived in New York Harbor late in the evening. By this point, 22 of the ship's 358 passengers, who had traveled from Hamburg, Germany, had died from cholera. Cholera is an infectious disease of the small intestine, usually caused by contaminated food or water. And it can lead to severe diarrhea, vomiting, dehydration, and even death. In the late 19th century, there was a cholera pandemic in Asia and Africa that made it to parts of Europe and South America. A cholera epidemic broke out in Hamburg in 1892 because of contaminated drinking water, and more than half of the people who were infected died. Americans worried that the epidemic would reach the United States. Unrestricted and so-called undesirable immigration was already a hot-button issue in the country. For context on the fears and prejudices surrounding immigration at the time, the Chinese Exclusion Act was renewed in 1892. Those fears extended to immigration from places that were affected by cholera. Though Jewish people in Russia were not the only ones getting cholera or fleeing epidemics, many newspapers and public health establishments pegged them as the likely carriers of cholera to the U.S. One August 29th article in the New York Times said the following about Hungarians and Jewish people in Russia. Even should they pass the quarantine officials, their mode of life when they settle down makes them always a source of danger. Cholera, it must be remembered, originates in the homes of this human riffraff. Journalists, working-class Americans, and medical professionals called for a suspension of immigration to keep cholera from spreading to the U.S. But by mid-August of 1892, 
many ships from the port of Hamburg were en route to New York. Steamships continued carrying steerage immigrants out of Hamburg even after health officials admitted that there was a cholera epidemic. The people aboard those ships were coming from places that had been widely affected by cholera. One of those ships was the Moravia, which left Hamburg on August 17th. Only a couple of days after the trip began, Russian and Polish Jewish people, as well as German and French folks, began getting symptoms of cramping, vomiting, and diarrhea, which progressed to coma and death. Between August 19th and 29th, 22 people died, and two more were ill upon arrival in the New York quarantine station on the night of Tuesday, August 30th. One correspondent reported that people who died were wrapped in canvas and thrown overboard with their belongings. The health officer of the Port of New York, members of the New York City Board of Health, and physicians from the U.S. Marine Hospital Service dealt with the cholera-affected ships that arrived in New York Harbor from Hamburg. A quarantine had been placed over the port of New York, which led to the poor treatment of immigrants and the confinement of thousands of people on steamships and islands, including those who did not have cholera. The same day that the Moravia arrived in New York, Health Officer William Jenkins announced that only steerage passengers, as opposed to first and second class passengers, would be inspected, disinfected, and detained for about five days for observation. And the U.S. Treasury Department's Immigration Bureau let people into New York from Hamburg, as long as steamship companies put steerage passengers in slower, older ships and cabin-class passengers in faster, newer ships. This separation allowed cabin-class passengers to be quickly inspected, and it allowed the fast detention of immigrant passengers aboard the slower ships. The Moravia was the first slow-moving pest ship to arrive in New York from Hamburg. Its passengers were sent to Hoffman Island, where they were bathed and their clothes were fumigated. Jenkins ordered that they be quarantined for as long as necessary. As they remained in quarantine, more ships arrived and were quarantined. U.S. President Benjamin Harrison issued an order for a nationwide 20-day quarantine of ships from foreign ports carrying immigrants. The 20-day period applied to steerage immigrant passengers, but not cabin passengers. And state authorities could decide to keep people in quarantine for more time in special cases. But by early September, there were no new cases of cholera on the Moravia and the cholera epidemic was over by the end of September. But all the conflicts that had arisen among state and federal officials over management of the epidemic led to a desire for changes in public health and immigration laws. In 1893, President Harrison signed into law the National Quarantine Act, which created a national system of quarantine while still allowing for state-run quarantines. It also put standards in place for medically inspecting immigrants, ships, and cargoes. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. 
Tune in tomorrow for another day in history. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.